Well, good evening. My name is Bill, and, and welcome to Crossroads in, in Cyberland tonight. Uh, I, I want to start with a question because we're introducing a new series, and, and the question that I want to start with is, uh, do I look fragile? Do I look like I could be easily broken uh, at this time? This is really the question and the topic that we have for tonight, is are we fragile? You know, as I, as I look at, at the different things inside my life, the verse will ask the question, it says, you know, like, we're like this light shining in hearts, uh, light in our hearts. We ourselves are like fragile clay pots containing this great treasure. Uh, this makes it clear that our 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 great power is from God and not from ourselves. We're human beings. We're in this frail earth suit that we live with down here. Uh, we have uh, mental challenges. We have emotional challenges. We have physical challenges. We are fragile from, from many areas. We're pressed on every side by trouble. But we're not crushed, even in, even in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemics and economic pandemics that are coming at us. You know, we're, we're crushed from all sides. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We can be hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We can get knocked down, and, and many of us have been knocked down. People have lost jobs. Finances have, all their savings have been used up at this time. Uh, families are struggling in many places just to make it from point A to point B. Unemployment numbers, bankruptcies, individuals, so many people that in, in Ridgecrest, our town, uh, are without work. So, so the question is, in the middle of this mess, do we find ourselves in this question? Are we fragile? Or are we, are we really focusing in? And, and this is one, one of my life verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, our, our hope isn't really from this world. Our hope isn't really from a, the government bailing us out with trillions of dollars. Our hope really isn't with as much as important it is the medical community. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in God. He is the one that, that will give us strength. He's the one that's going to see, this, see us through this whole thing. You know, as we, as we look at the world, and, and I look at my life, I say, am I fragile? I'm, what, 6'4", 230 pounds? Am I easily broken uh, at this time? I don't ever want to come across just looking that way uh, out there in, in land, uh, cyber land that's there. But if we start taking a look around, we're being challenged inside of our nation today. Uh, 855,000 cases right now of COVID-19 Estimates, it'll go as high as 1.5 to 2 million cases before this is over. And there's always that threat that's coming up with next year that's going to happen. Uh, as of today, 50,000 deaths. Again, projecting into the future, potential of 100,000. Uh, not mentioning again next winter. Economic pandemic, they're, they're literally throwing trillions of dollars. These aren't just numbers, this is real debt that will be paid off by my grandchildren's children. If we stop deficit spending now, they will be paying off all the funds that are being put out now. Uh, many people are sounding the alarm with the impact of, of COVID-19. Mental and emotional health. Dr. Phil, one of the most recognized uh, names, his quote, the shutdown of economy could cause more poverty, mental health-related destruction than the, than the coronavirus. That's his opinion. 
talking about the dangers of social lockdown and, and isolation that's taking place inside of our country. He says that all this isolation and all the damage, he says, it's invisible. You, you can't show it on an x-ray. You can't show depression in an x-ray. You can't show an x-ray of anxiety. But the fact is, uh, the longer this lockdown goes on, the more vulnerable, I use the word fragile, people are going to become as time goes on. It actually, his, his guess is that the destruction will be much more than the physical damage it's done to people, will be the emotional damage. The Christian Post uh, came out and said there's a trigger that spiked with prescriptions of depression, drugs, anxiety, medicines, insomnia uh, for the mental health pandemic that's taking place in our country. Pure research. I've got the statistics. If you just start looking at them as you go around, 57% say they now have major stress over financial issues. They've used up their savings. Now they're, now they're in high tension. The impact is continues to grow. Emotional health, mental health, uh, financial, personal impact. Still continues to go. But, but for the followers of Jesus Christ that are listening, we're never abandoned by God. This verse is true. We will not be crushed. Today we're reminded uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, he's the one that will give us strength. This is the, the first message in a series on mental health and emotional health. Isn't that perfect timing as far as I'm concerned? Because as we look back... Uh, over the last several weeks, this, this series was planned two months ago. We had no idea that we were going to be in this situation. But this six-week series, The Crossroads is starting on, on mental emotion help. It's called Help Me. And, and that's a series that we're going forward. Can we get the next? There it is. Uh, help Me. I Feel Fragile. That's tonight. We're, we're talking about our feelings. Tonight is feeling, uh, do we feel fragile? Uh, we're going to talk about being afraid. Uh, Help me. I, I, I'm afraid. I, I'm angry. I'm lonely. I'm a control freak. I think that was put in there for me. Or, or I'm depressed. We're, we're looking at each one of these, and we have a very simple focus as we go through this series. The verse is a life verse for followers of Christ. It's, it's our hope. It's the transformation that we want to see take place in our lives and the lives of those people inside of our family and those people that we, that we care about. Since we've heard about Jesus and, and we've learned the truth that comes from him, uh, we're to throw off our old sinful life, our nature, our former way, all of that that's been corrupted to, to really get rid of in this specific series emotions that are destructive to us and destructive to other people that are around us. Instead, we're encouraged, and this is the real focus of the series, is to renew our mind, to change the way we look at our problems, we see our problems, and we see the solutions and the way out. We want to renew the way we look at our lives and the problems that are around them. And as we do that, we're, we're taking off, we're renewing our mind, and then we're to put on, let the Spirit put on us the nature of Jesus Christ. You know, which is holy and blameless. Put on Christ. You know, he walked among us, and, and, and we all have stressful lives and things go on, but no one can compare to what Christ faced. The opposition that he went through, 
the, the challenges, the betrayal of friends, the false judges, the people constantly coming at him, the day-to-day pressure uh, of life, of ministry uh, while he was here on earth. You know, the Bible makes it clear. You know, and so in our series, what we're really going to talk about with, with Fragile, we're going to talk about putting on endurance, putting on Christ. The next fear, panic, uh, anxiety, phobias, put on faith. Let, let's understand the foundation of our life. Anger, rage, bitterness, revenge, which runs through so many people, replace it. But very simply, with forgiveness and love. The, the next one we're going to be talking about is loneliness, isolation. Many people are, are sensing that now. How about intimacy and trust with the one who's always with us and building relationships with those people that we do come in contact with inside of our families? You know, controlling, demanding our own way, our rights. How about submission and humility? Each week we'll look at this. Finally, depression, emotional fatigue and exhaustion. Replace self-focus with the joy of Christ. Take our eyes off ourselves. And look at the other things that are around and serve other people. You know, as we start, I, I want to give a warning in 2020. And this is uh, something that, that I do quite often. Uh, many people won't agree with me. Because when we, when we wander out into this area of, of mental, emotional health, we're really going to be looking at two sides of a coin. Uh, we live in a culture and a society uh, where the biblical approach is often pushed away. Only followers of Christ. We, we follow the biblical approach. But many people in the culture today have been trained to feel like victims or entitled. Uh, and they're often controlled by their feelings and emotions, the very things that we're talking about tonight. But the point of this series, and, and it's the point of life, almost moment by moment, we have a choice. We have a choice how we're going to respond to the different things that are here. When they come at us, we respond either with God's nature, with his attitude, which is truly righteous and holy, or we're going to respond in our emotions. You know, again, there's an invitation as we go through uh, this series, and and actually each time at Crossroads, uh, you have the ability to be able to put questions in. As we go through the series, if you come up with the question, uh, we have a phone that's actually here at, here at the church. And so you can text in a question at the end. We'll do our very best to answer that question. Uh, we, want, we really would welcome uh, your participation in questions as we go forward. Now, the next thing. Let's talk to the one that can give us peace. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're God. That your plan, your love, your control, your spirit... It roams this earth. It, it, the eyes of the Lord will search to and fro to strongly support, to strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. Lord, we turn this time over to you. Now, thank you that you'll guide and lead. And Lord, there's so many people, and myself included, with all this coming at us, we're challenged. We have to make real-life decisions We have to be able to hold on to you, to other relationships, to encourage other people. So, Lord, thank you that you'll give us the wisdom to be able to do that. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I I love the opportunity that we're going to start, but there's again part of the warning. What I'm encouraging is something that's countercultural. 
I'm encouraging something that's not popular for, for most people today. I'm encouraging a road less traveled. There was a book some time ago. I don't recommend the book, but I am not above stealing the title, A Road Less Traveled, as we go forward. This is, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with Ridgecrest, this is part of the Rademacher Hills. It's a trail that runs up into Rademacher Hills. This was a year when there was a lot of rain here in Ridgecrest now, and this is a picture from the past, but beautiful flowers throughout the area, but a sandy, narrow, in some cases incredibly hard path in some parts of the Rademacher trails as you go. But, but the point of this, of this narrow trail is that as followers of Christ, we only, we only enter the kingdom of God through a narrow gate the way of the world that's outside and we're being drawn into, it comes at us in the media, comes at us in the school system, comes at us from our government in so many different directions, is a very wide path. And, and most people choose the easy way. But the gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult and hard. Uh, so just to be honest, I'm recommending the hard route, the not easy road. The, I'm encouraging you to take a path that you'll be often alone on uh, as you go forward. It's very narrow. Beware of those people who would offer you another path. This comes in the same context. There are, there are people constantly offering us a, a, a easy way. God says don't listen to them. And, and the core of our message has been, is, and always will be the cross of Christ. His love poured out on a cross for us in such a way that it transformed the world. And our understanding of his love for us and his death on the cross leads us out of love to lay our life down, to pick up our cross and to follow him. But the cross and, and personal sacrifice, denying ourselves, denying our emotions, denying our feelings is something that's that's not taught today. Self-denial goes against self-indulgence of our culture in our day. So the message of the cross of Jesus Christ is, is foolishness to those headed to destruction. But for six weeks, we're going to present the message of the cross, how we can lay down our feelings, our emotions, to go in another direction and to follow Christ. But, but make no mistake, the, the way of solving life's problems and, and following God's counsel in the Bible uh, is opposite the way of the world. It's opposite the way of secular philosophy, psychology. They're polar opposites. Jesus gives us a command to, to follow him. Now, the American uh, Association of uh, Psychology, a professional organization with 121 members, uh, defines, advocates, and enforces a worldview that doesn't include Christ, that doesn't include moral absolutes, actually, that includes personal truth and, and building self-esteem. God warns us on one side against us. He says, if you need wisdom, ask God. It just makes sense. Ask God. Uh, our generous God, he'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. And when you ask him, be, be sure that you ask in faith, don't waver as a person with divided loyalty. That means we'd be unsettled as the waves of the sea as we go back and forth, blown and tossed by every wind. If, if that turns out to be us, we shouldn't expect anything from God. 
You know, and, and, and very, very clearly, back in the book of James, uh, he says, there's an adultery if we have friendship with the world. You know, it's, it's challenging that God uh, tells us that spiritual adultery is, is following the ways of the world because he feels it's a marriage-type intimate relationship with us. So when we choose and bring someone else into the relationship, he calls it adultery. Friendship with the world makes us an enemy of God. These are strong words. Uh, and, and he, but he wants to say it again. To be a friend of the world makes us an enemy of God. So this is the danger that we have. We can't have a foot in both worlds. Let's, let's talk first about biblical counseling. Uh, I love biblical counseling. Uh, it, it's based on the Bible. I love the Bible. I read the Bible. I memorize it as much as I can. And more importantly than all that is I try to apply it to all areas of my life. The, the promise is that all Scripture is inspired by God. It'll teach us to realize what's wrong with our lives. It'll correct us uh, when we're wrong. It teaches us how to do what is right. God uses it to prepare us for every good work. That's the promise. On your outline, on your uh, phone, or on the, uh, the uh, website for the church, you, you'll see a list of, of websites that you can go to and look up from God questions. And it'll, it'll talk about why believe the Bible. Uh, why read it? I got questions about this thing called Nuthetic Counseling. Nuthetic Counseling is a, is, a, is a counseling course that was put out by uh, a teacher, Jay Adams, my first counseling course 40 years ago was Jay Adams. That's how old Jay is. I haven't aged a bit. Jay is really old. But as, as you look at those things, the book Competent to Counsel, up to date at his time as he spoke out on Christian counseling, is very good today. Recommends you read it. Now, again, why believe the Bible? I'm going to give a, a quick comparison, I hope quick, as we go forward in this. Uh, to, why believe the Bible? Internal and external evidence shows that the Bible is truly the Word of God. External evidence is, is obvious. The Bible covers all areas of human life. Not a narrow spectrum, but everything from finances to marriage to relationships to government to God uh, to sin to repentance to, to heaven. It covers it all. And it's, it's done in 66 individual books written on... Some of you heard this before, 66 uh, books written on three continents in three different languages over 1,500 years. More than 40 authors from all different walks of life. But the main thing about the Bible is it has one theme. It has one way of, it has one way of approaching and presenting truth and solutions to problems. Its divine origin really can't be challenged. Another internal proof of the Bible is prophecy. What helped bring me to Christ, really, it hooked me, was fulfilled biblical prophecy showing that there was a supernatural voice speaking through the Bible. The third internal evidence in divine nature uh, is the countless lives that have been changed and transitioned over the years, including myself and, and hundreds of others probably that are listening to this particular broadcast as we go. It works. It's, I'm a pragmatist, so something that works I want to use. Teen Challenge of Christian Rehab Programs got an 86% clean and sober after one year. Success rates for non-Christian programs, 30% um, as we go forward. There's, that's all internal evidence that's there. And the historicity of the Bible, 
uh, and supported by archaeology and manuscript evidence. Another external evidence that it's the Word of God is that hundreds of people saw Christ alive. We did this at Easter. We, we made the point, if, if a dead man rose from the grave and was seen by hundreds of people at one time, that's a miracle. That's a proof of God and validating the Bible because Jesus said that is what would happen. The Old Testament said that's what would happen. Now, this, this, is, this is truth and proof of the wisdom of God while we can rely on the Bible. Read the Bible. Trust the Bible. Go forward with it. And I, I put that challenge out. I do it willingly. If you have questions on the Bible, and we can help with the Bible. Please let us know. We actually have a, a study guide that prepares us each week for the message that's coming up. So I encourage you to open that up, read it, and go through it. Now, that's the Bible. That's the case for the Bible. Now, I'm going to talk about human wisdom, philosophies, uh, and modern psychology and counseling. You know, I... It is not, by the way, and I want to be careful, uh, many areas of psychology are scientific. When they're dealing with analyzing information, gathering data, categorizing it, presenting issues in, in a very scientific way of, of t hypothesis, test, and then retest, they're scientific. But, but when they start talking about the nature of man, what correct behavior is for man, how to get there, what's the method of it, why people do bad things, because they have a problem when, when they, who they say are good people, because we're all born good in their minds, do bad things, they have an issue. And also, next thing to do is they exclude God. What role does he play? Is there a spiritual force? Really, there's an argument, uh, for the most part, put forth that men don't have souls. So this is all there is. It's all this life. Now, um, Again, a proof for me, a, a clear proof, because I took psychology classes in high school and college and everything else, and I was a believer. I was, I was a card-carrying member of the uh, uh, modern psychology. But here's, I, I wanted to put this list up, and I wanted to put them together with this, uh, don't let anyone capture you. The people are coming, and they're teaching uh, what people want to hear. These, these are major schools. I can't walk off the stage here, sorry. Uh, these are <laughs> cameramen jumping up and down. The, these are major schools of, of modern psychology. There's clinical psychology, there's cognitive psychology, there's counseling psychology, there's development psychology, all, all of these things, quantitative measure, all of these different things, all these different fields and approaches. Now, now here's, here's the challenging part to all, all of this. Uh, we said that the... Uh, Christianity has, has been around, the Bible's been around, started 3,500 years ago. Modern psychology uh, started 141 years ago. Now, uh, understand, not 3,500 years ago like the Bible says. The recognized leaders of psychology, Sigmund Freud, Pavlov, Dewey, uh, Skinner, Jung, uh, Maslow, Rogers, Dr. Phil, all of these, they have access to each other's writings. They can read, not like the Bible when, when they were done in separate places with separate people. These were all people with, that could hear each other's writing and write them. And so 141 years later, with good communication, these are just some of the different schools of psychology. There are literally over 1,200 different philosophies that are applied uh, currently uh, in psychology. You know, the current confusion and chaos over a short period of time shows the harmful results of current counseling. Most of the things that 
Counseling is designed to stop depression, anxiety, fear, antisocial behavioral, dysfunctional families, and all of these. It's increasing. Suicide rates of all age groups in Western culture and even the world are going up. Anger, rage, mass shootings are seen around us in the news. Bullying, abuse are all there. You know, one of the things that, that goes on top of that, too, is psychology uh, has brought about a new class of dependents with 135 million prescriptions for psychotropic drugs. One million, this is what stuns me, one million of those prescriptions are given to kids six months old to five years. Uh, and, of course, this doesn't deal with the people uh, with self-medicating themselves. So this gets hard. Because all the evidence in our country, long before the pandemic, long before COVID-19, the financial issues, we've been suffering from a pandemic of emotional and mental diseases. We've become fragile as a nation. And that's really the reason for this series. So as, as we go forward in this particular area, we, we want to ask, what do we trust? Who do we believe? You know, and I'm, I'm going to give two polar opposites, if you will, uh, of, I think, two points of belief inside of our culture. Mainly, uh, we've been taught as a nation, and we've raised kids for really 50 years, to depend on their feelings. You know, to feelings should be what drives our life. And this is a, uh, an example of a train where feelings lead to train. We have faith in our feelings, so we follow our feelings. We don't involve facts. We, we don't look for objective evidence. We don't look for non-changing rules, whether they're from God or from culture historically. We're constantly rewriting what is right in situational ethics, situational morals, personal truth. So all the facts and all of those are put off to the side. So we have no king. We have no standard. Everyone does what's right in their own eyes. Uh, it, and, and the danger of that, of course, is that it can end up in damage and destruction. And, and we see that around us all the time. You know, uh, Jesus, when he, when he was here, he, he warned people that, that would build their lives on, on the shifting sand of, of philosophies and, and modern ideas. Uh, as he turned around, he talked about a house that was built on sand. And he said, as it's built on sand, it's going to collapse. That people won't be able to live on it. Now, this, this is the other half of the other choice that we have. We can build our lives on facts. We can, and I encourage you to. I not only encourage, I challenge people. You investigate the facts of the Bible. You investigate the facts of human nature that are put forth in the two philosophies, the two approaches to mental health. One says that people are are basic, they're good, they're just evolved animals. So when they do something wrong, they're either victims of abuse or some kind, or they haven't been trained correctly. So one side of it uh, bases that. The facts of the Bible says that we're sinners. We need a Savior. We need to be transformed. We need truth to build our lives on. It doesn't change with the situation, with the next, the next fancy talking head that comes online. Um, this, is, this is, again, Jesus talking Anyone who listens to my teachings, anyone who investigates the facts, finds out that the Bible is a supernatural book, that the truths of the Bible have stood for thousands and thousands of years. Lives have been transformed by it. The facts bear out 
this is who Jesus says he is. He says, if you follow the teachings, you'll be wise. If you have faith in the facts and you follow the facts with your life, you make your decisions based on the facts that you have, then, then you're down the road and then, then feelings will follow. And he says, if, you know, if the rain comes in torrents, the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against that house, but our house won't collapse. Our house, in context of our message tonight, won't be fragile. It'll stand. It'll stand as time goes on because it's built on Christ, the bedrock of Christ. So this is the, this is the two sides that's there. You know, the point of, and the reason for this series is just to remind followers of Jesus Christ to build our lives, to build our lives. No matter what's going on, the craziness of life, pandemics, earthquakes that we've had recently around here, put our life in Christ's hands. Now, here's, here's a warning, and here's a, a side note, but it's a huge one. We do not live in a spiritually neutral environment. In our world, there are spiritual forces afoot that are impacting each life. There's forces for good and there's forces for evil. We're told that there's spiritual forces of evil that are fighting at all times. But, but here's the promise of God. God will protect us if our house is built on him. He will protect us. And there's a couple of examples in the Bible, and these are, these are classic counseling verses. And... Uh, it, it, it talks about anger. If we, if we let anger control us, if it becomes part of our life, if we let the sun go down on our anger, if, if you or I, if we choose not to forgive someone, so often in counseling I'll ask in, in a situation when anger may be there, is, is there someone you haven't forgiven? Is there, is there some? Oh, yeah, well, there are. And often they'll come up and they'll name the person. And God promises us something if we forgive and let all bitterness and wrath go away from us and forgive like Christ did, Satan won't be able to get into our life. But look at the warning. If we let the sun go down on our anger, it'll give a foothold to the devil. Uh, I'll often use the phrase, you know, you know, when you don't forgive, you are asking Satan into your home. Interesting statistic in the latest uh, Barna uh, research for Christian behaviors in, a, in our nation or of everyone's attitudes is that uh, 51% of the people now currently believe in the biblical God. 56% believe in Satan. Scary statistic. Uh, and here's another one where God gives us this clear warning from the Old Testament. This takes place in the book of Genesis right from the beginning. The Cain and Abel conflict was there. And and Cain was mad. He was depressed. He was sulking. And, but God came and counseled him. I thought that was way cool. I mean, kind of scary. Uh, God walks by Cain. He says, well, why, hey, Cain, yo. What? Probably didn't say yo. Okay, I'll take that back. Cain, why are you angry? And, and so he says, why do you look so dejected? You're angry. You're dejected. Your emotions are out of control. But, but God gives a very simple answer at that time to Cain. And really an answer that's simple to all of us also. He says, we'll be accepted if we do what is right. If we do what is right. If we do what God wants us to do. But, but if we don't follow God, if we refuse to do what's right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. 
eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. If, if we do what's right, Satan's outside. When we start walking down a path of disobeying God, whether it's in our emotions, in our feelings, in our relationships, our fine, any area that we cross over, we're asking evil forces in. And once they're in, then you're in for a battle. Ask anyone that's been hooked on overspending, on gambling, on pornography, alcohol. Once you let him in and he gets his hooks into you, it's a whole new world. And, and that's the warning that, that God is giving Cain her in the first couple chapters of the Bible, right back at the beginning. So, so what do we do with this? What is the truth of God? And, and here's where we're going to get to the, the good news. The promises of God as we go forward. What, what are the promises of God? Well, first, it's Jesus Christ. I love this, this verse. I, I love this picture that goes with it. These are the hands of Christ reaching out. This is, this is a go-to verse in, in the situations that we're in and things that are happening. Jesus invites us. He says, hey, if you're weary, if you're heavy burden, you got a load on it. You're, you're all stressed, and this is happening to you, and you're looking at all these different things. He, he extends his hand, and he, and he actually puts out an invitation. And now this sounds probably weird, and this is where my, the weird warning light should go off in your life. But, but I'll often almost hear those words when I read that verse, or I'm in a situation, I wake up in the middle of the night, and there's anxiety, and I'm burdened, and all this other stuff. I'll hear Christ say, come on to me. You know, if you're weary, it says, hey, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke. Take, take my load on yourself. And I love this part. Of it. I'll teach you. Christ wants to teach us. And, and he'll say, and, and how does he teach us? It's not a, one of these, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. He says, I'm gentle and humble. God's promises are, are almost always prefaced with the word if. If you do this, you will have this. If you do that, this is what I can do. This is it. So he comes and says, hey, you're going to find rest for your souls. He says, my life is easy. Follow me. Watch the way I walk. And you, you look back at his life here on earth as he showed us God and he showed us how to live as we want to put on his life. You know, he lived under constant stress. But he moved forward showing the love of God to everybody. You know, we need to hear in this crazy world a rational, loving, humble voice who offers to help us to come into our lives. Like I say, often waking up in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll kind of quote that verse. And, and then, actually, uh, almost without fail, there's never, nothing's 100%, but, but it's something that brings me peace and rest in the situation. That's one of my life verses, go-to verses. Now, now here's another one that's, that's a promise to us. And I don't know where you are. I know where I am uh, in my life and different things. But we're told that the temptations of life, the temptations to anger, the temptations to fear, to lust, to laziness, to sloth, to even to gluttony, uh, all of these things are, are temptations that come at each and every one of us. But the temptations that you have and I have, they're common to everyone. Everyone experiences temptation. But God is promised to be faithful. He will never allow you to be tempted, or me to be tempted beyond what we're able. You see, 
Satan is the god of this world, but he's on a leash. And, and God still controls him because our God is a sovereign God. God made the heavens and he rules over everything. So when we're told that the temptations that you have, that I have, our God is faithful. He'll never give us more than we can stand. But now here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the key that, that many, even Christians, miss. When you're tempted, he will show you a way of escape. He'll show us a way out of the temptation, of the feeling, of the emotion, of the situation, but, but there's some so we can endure it. He doesn't say, I'll take it away. He doesn't say he'll take away this pandemic, this economic crisis. He'll do what's right for us over time, but we'll be able to endure it. He'll show us a way, but flee from immorality, flee from those things, the worshiping of idols, flee from that. Because our God is able to show us. You know, uh, for me and each follower, as we're challenged to honor God in each of these things, we won't be overwhelmed as we follow God's instructions and we just trust him. We all need to be reminded, uh, particularly in these times, that, that God is still God. He's still in charge. He's still working a plan. Now, this is repetitive for those of you who've been listening in. Uh, I've done this every week for, what, four weeks, I believe. God has shown us a way out of our trials. When we're tempted, he says that when heavens shut up, when, when heavens are shut up or no rain falls or pandemics fall and plagues come upon us, whatever kind of plague it may be, he says as this, as this thing happens to us, if his people, it's you and me, if you're a follower of Christ, this, this is us. We're, this is our part in this. If we'll humble ourselves and we'll pray, we'll seek God's face. In other words, spending honest, quality time with the living God, letting him speak to our heart and listening to him in the things that he's telling us. Then, if we turn from our sins, then in our wicked ways, then he can heal our land. I can't emphasize this enough. I, people often will come up and, and I, I guess I'm just a, a, a Donnie Downer when people come up to me because they'll say, oh, look at this and look at that and oh, God promises this. And he says, oh, I said, yeah, you're right. Have you seen any repentance? Have you seen repentance at a national political level? Have we seen repentance uh, in, in families coming apart? Have we seen repentance of the as the pornographic industry shut down, the abortion industry shut down, all the different things that are, have they shut down? Have we seen repentance? I, I love this example because back in the, in the first 50 to 75 years of our country, our Congress, our Congress, the Senate and the House, had days of prayer and fasting and confession of sins. Senators, Republicans, Democrats, whatever they were, would stand up and they would confess their sins and ask forgiveness for the other members of Congress. The same thing is happening today. People are standing up and confessing sins. They're just not theirs. They're everybody else's that's going on. So, you know, looking for repentance and a change of self and a change of heart. You know, as a nation, we need to turn back to God, turn from our selfishness, turn from the wisdom of this world, return to seek God's face in his word. The way of escape, is, as we approach the kind of a summary, is very simple. 
Again, build our lives on God's commands. This is not high math. This is not difficult philosophy. This is not multi-level anything going on. This is really simple. Jesus says if we listen to his teachings and, and we follow them, we'll build our house on a rock. It's, it's listening to God and obeying. It's, it's a very simple thing. We, we don't go to work and not listen to our boss. We listen. We build our We go that. We, we obey. It's that simple. This train is there, you know. Uh, build our lives on our feelings or on the facts of God. That's our choice. The next one is something that's, again, challenging to our culture, but it, it's, a, it's a word that's not used much. It's called holiness. We're, we're, we're programmed. I use this statement too often. God is not all that concerned about us being happy. He's concerned about us being holy. He's concerned about our eternal souls, and, and the holiness will allow us to serve him and to serve other people. Do everything that we should do because our God is a holy God. We put on Christ. We put on holiness. It's not seeking happiness as, as the end game. We seek holiness, which will bring us happiness, which will bring us peace with God, peace with other people, and very important, peace inside of ourselves. That's putting on the new nature of Christ. The wisdom of the world uh, calls for happiness. We're, we're, we're called to holiness. Now, again, as we, as we end, I'm, I'm going to lay a foundation that I hope to be able to build on in all the different messages that are coming up before us. I'm, I'm going to talk about biblical counseling, but the complete counsel of God. So often we, we get looking at a specific issue and we really drill in on it. But the truth is our lives are integrated. We're integrated systems. Uh, and so we want to be very careful of our lives and our system. And, and I, I was trying to figure out a way of presenting this. So I, I came up with holistic uh, health. And so uh, let me just talk about this. The holistic health inside of our lives is that our life is, is, is a total of, of units. So often I'll be talking to people about different things, and I'll be talking about the foundation of Christ. And, and, and God just doesn't deal with our relationship with him or even just with other people. He deals with our health. Our body is the temple of the, you know, the Holy Spirit. Take care of it. Our mental, what we look at, what we don't look like. Our relationships, our finances. Don't go into debt. Work. Work with honor, whether it's in the home, the marketplace, or even in retirement. Work with diligence, honoring God. Family. Kids, honor your parents. Parents, this is huge in our culture. Bring them up. In Christ, discipline and love them. This is, this is total living. I can't, if someone comes in and says I'm depressed, it's not unusual for, for me to ask, well, how are you sleeping? Someone comes in and, and they're dealing with anger. You ask them, how are you sleeping? One of the greatest causes there. Uh, mental health. What are, you, what, are you, what are you looking at? Uh, you know, I, I love political debate. I, I limit myself to a minimum daily dosage of that because so many people watch politics and they're so angry by the end of the day, their emotions are high order. 
Uh, listening to the news is a challenge to most of us. You know, so mental issues, it all fits together. Our finances, if we're in debt, we should have fear. Uh, each of these things, they, they blend together to be able to, to pull together one, one specific purpose when we talk about people. So each week, when we talk about a topic, whether it's, whether it's fear, whether it's anxiety, uh, any of the things that are there, we're going to look at a holistic approach. The question will be, what are, we, what are the accelerants and the things that increase uh, whatever the issue or the malady is that we're dealing with as we go forward? Uh, that's really what we're shooting for. Join us, and again, I encourage you to pick up the, uh, the study guide that's there. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that you're God, that you love us enough to send Jesus Christ. You offer a path of forgiveness, of wholeness. In your word, you've given us the truth that's suitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that each person that listens to this, if we read it, will be adequately equipped for every good work. Lord, in the craziness of our times, let us build our lives on truth and facts and not on our feelings. We thank you that, that you'll walk with us through each of these things. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.